0: Kokomo Brady Bunch or something <laughs> no,
1: that's exactly you what I see
0: no so what do the yeah. stickers look like on the back of your car you know how they have like that one uh, it takes
2: that's why I have to drive an SUV because it's got to go over the whole back it sounds like you got to keep replacing things too like <laughs> uh, uh, just, I, uh, we
3: just draw arrows and lines in like
1: yeah. when you forgot to add a letter <laughs> I just know that I'm over there holding the knife and I'm close to Denny's so. yeah
0: all the time <laughs> yeah no, because I, I knew your daughter got sick because I was still around during that time. And
2: um, how is she doing? So she's doing great. Um, as it, It's weird to say, but as it, all of the things we thought she could have had when she found out she had leukemia, that was the best option. And I was actually, I still remember feeling, um, I still remember feeling like relief when I heard it was leukemia. Yeah, And she's... So she's doing really well. Her, her treatment, she'll actually officially be in remission, right, in May. Is it May?
1: May 25th, 2020.
2: May 25th of next year. We will be able to, you right. know, kind of wash our hands of it and go to every six months i believe where we'll go in and be checked so she's done really well we've been very fortunate uh and and through it all not to make it sappy but this relationship has come about and our our ability to kind of co-parent together Mm -hmm. and that's that's what we've really done um audrey kind of created through her getting cancer uh kind of created our vehicle to have a cohesive relationship like what we do and you know even amanda her son Braxton who is also my son will go stay the night with Jamie which is sometimes he
3: prefers it yeah not sometimes
2: all the time he's over at her house now (laughs) because
3: she feels bad for him and she's nice to him
2: and I see you trying to figure this out in your head right now BJ I'm like I can feel it like my family is
0: all over the place like, but that's because of my real father just like there's brothers and sisters I just don't know about. Yeah that's and, kind of Amanda's deal. And I was just like yeah. eh I'm not keeping up with it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
2: gonna move I'm just gonna move away.
3: You just do your own thing. So
2: yeah. we, we've actually joked because Braden gets out he's he, uh, the our oldest son Braden swears he's getting out of the military and that's in August of 2021. So when he gets out Where's he going to go? Back to dad's, probably, if that happens, because they're going to get out. It's not going to be immediate that everything's ready. So when he moves back to dad's, then Audrey, Braxton, who are my kids now, and Isabel, and his two kids can all ride the same bus to school. school. And Isabel's nephews, is it nephews? It'll be nephews. Isabel, which is our baby that's coming. Isabel's nephews will be able to protect her in school.
3: They'll be older.
0: Uh, that is one way to keep everybody together.
3: <laughs> to have a really yes. big house? So,
0: <laughs> big house. and Yeah. It is, so is there ever going to be room for a third co-host? So you got you and these two. But would you I guys, mean, I was think, was an, are we at the max for how many women he can have on one show? So
2: let's just do this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's Who funny. are you asking? I, I, have a,
2: I have an ex-wife that actually lives here in Greenwood. And we could have stopped and probably picked her up.
3: Well, that would have been fun. She could have. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Notice Hello, there's, everyone.
3: There's silence over here to my right.
2: Yes. No, I
0: mean, instead of avoiding the problems, you guys are just smashing her. Head on.
3: Time. Yeah. Head on. We're not very delicate with dealing with any issues. No. no.
2: No, but really, the reason we're doing this, the reason why we have we've really taken off with the idea is because every time we would go somewhere everybody would be like oh it's awesome what you guys are doing and you guys can get along oh wait a minute you're wait a minute you're the ex-husband and you're the. you see yeah. them
3: trying to get crayons and paper out to draw a map
2: yeah, yeah. it, it all started all with
3: the nurses it, yeah. when the
1: nurses we'd walk in and they'd be like okay we'd all come in orange shirts and there'd be like six of us you know my mom would come um,
2: your boyfriend just, would yeah. come
1: and every time we'd walk through the door they'd try to
2: figure Remember out
3: who was who. who was who and who was with who so you know well, that's gotta be probably the hardest thing yeah. as a nurse or a doctor like you're dealing with a family you call mom who's not mom mom yeah. and then you start a cat fight in the middle of the yeah. waiting room
2: yeah and, and the funny thing is so we've we've moved forward to where usually it's just jamie and i mm-hmm. when we go to a doctor's appointment now so They've learned, but the first couple of times when we it would just be she and I now, mm-hmm. they're like, wait a minute, where'd everybody else go? Yeah. And what are you two doing?
1: <laughs> yeah. Where's so, the other two? Yeah. Where's the other two that are supposed to be with you two?
0: So, one question I have, Jamie, mm-hmm. right? So, do you have a, a boyfriend or anything like that? Uh huh. Okay. Like, how did he feel about all this at first?
1: <laughs> um, wait, all of the getting along? you hanging out with your ex
0: the the getting along which i get no that mm-hmm. i would respect that 100 percent. you want to get along but then they say hey i'm busy tonight i want to go do a podcast
1: <laughs> well
0: funny you should funny, say funny that. Funny you
1: should ask um that's
2: what i'm here for
1: yeah um you know it just depends on the day um
2: <laughs> oh he's been fine no he's
1: he's been fine with it um I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he. We asked him if he wanted to do it with us, and mm-hmm. he didn't. Um, I don't think he's really comfortable, like talking about it. I think he he's would, not
2: as extroverted as what we are. Yeah, so, and putting his thoughts.
1: So, like, he hears us talk to each other, and he's like, uh, "Wait, I don't know if I should laugh or if <laughs> I should be scared." We get
2: aggressive. Yeah, we can say some mean shit to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, you have to
3: mostly to you.
2: Yeah. I take the I take the brunt of most. Yeah, the ass that's kicking. why I was just like, look,
0: I was like, I can't believe you're doing this. Like, I, I love my wife to death, and she's you know my best friend. I don't even want to be in a room with her talking about feelings. Oh shit,
3: <laughs> he gets an ass kicking every time we do a podcast. Yep.
0: Yeah, you must have done some bad shit in some point in your life to this be this able- is karma. I yeah, have
2: paid. I have paid tenfold for anything I've done oh, wrong. Oh please, anything. But yeah, we've we've done. I mean, it's been fun what we do yeah. it, it's been fun reconnecting you know without getting weird I, it's fun being around jamie it's fun because
1: it wasn't when we were married no. <laughs> i fucking hated you when we were married i hated him too
2: so <laughs> that
0: sounds romantic
2: it
1: yeah is. it was it was
0: how was your guys's like birthday cards to each other i think it was like Which happy birthday birth- cards? I hope, happy birthday i hope you die soon is that what it well,
3: would have had to remember her birthday
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> i struggled <laughs> with that part of it
1: yeah i got like secondhand denny you know so she does get go ahead and tell the story
3: get it it'd over be, with it'd be third really third.
1: well i mean i know it's third but like the first time he was married i'm sure he was a shithead because he was younger you know uh, and like the second time he was married was like his glory the days real time yeah like that was his his trial run was over right his trial run is over and then when he got married to me you know it was like uh, i get washed up denny you know and <laughs> but, now he's like oh fuck I can't do that yeah I gotta be that good I be Denny the, again I
2: gotta be the good Denny for the next wife yeah so are literally you, or, or did you just marry someone who finally actually likes you
1: that's possible
2: thank you
0: thank you, you no know, what I'm saying is like like the way that he is not that like anything to do with with the wives but just like <laughs> he finally <laughs> found <laughs> someone that's like I'm I'm o- okay with how you are
2: now
3: I'm okay with all of your
2: flaws so I will tell you <laughs> it, when you listen to Thank God every can or Thank God Cancer Saved Our Divorce. Every cancer n- saved our divorce, huh? <laughs> <every, laughs> just every, just every one. single All one of, of them. Just All one. of the cancers. But our the name of our studio is <laughs> Every Joke Has a Little Truth Studio. That's right. That's a great name. And would you like to tell him why? Yeah.
1: Yes, because, <laughs> because he is so mean to me and he'd be like, Oh, I'm just joking. Oh, I'm just joking. And I'm like, you know what? Every joke has a little truth. That's what this she used This was to when say, they were married. Yeah.
2: Throughout our marriage, every jo- I couldn't. I am. I am a smart ass about everything. Yeah, he is. And but there I would, would be days. Her.
1: There would be days that you could do it, and there would be days that you couldn't. And he just let me didn't that understand. for you, BJ.
2: <laughs> there would be day that I could do that, <laughs> and then there would be days that I couldn't. That, it's
0: still better than the name of our one of our studios was Sidechick Studios. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a good name.
1: Well, that's funny you should say that because we could definitely be on that. I was the side chick at one point in time. You were the
2: side chick. Yes.
1: If you want to get crazy. Which is
2: why the wife from Greenwood is not here. With us. <laughs> the other one
0: was called Two Week Notice and that was based off Aaron's.
2: That's, that's a good... Because, uh,
0: because where I was like Two Week Notice. That's why I had it. But Side Chick Studios was a running gag we had. That's uh, actually a great name.
1: How many side chicks did you actually have in there?
0: We can't talk about that.
1: No, no, no! Not for you. I'm saying like none. that would interview.
0: Oh no! And say,
1: yeah, I've been a side chick before.
0: No, no, we we don't want them, uh, we wouldn't want them to out anybody. No, actually, it was based off um, um, someone. It started because someone was like, "Hey, your wife's real pretty." I'm like, oh yeah, you got to see what my side chick looks like. That's where it came <laughs> from. Because after a dude gets tired of hearing that, right? Right. We appreciate it. my wife's very beautiful, but it always starts with one of these. Oh, that's that's your wife. <laughs> yeah yeah it is oh you Mike. must be funny like, you yeah. must be
3: funny
1: that's what they say to I'm him about the h thing I'm like how the grade. hell do you there's
0: three things either they think i'm funny we know uh, the third um, <laughs> either i'm funny or i have a lot of money or the third one i'll leave to your imagination yes yeah it's not the first let's two. talk
2: about them ladies because i'm not rich
0: you're
3: no. not any of the three <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's funny.
2: I'll
1: give him. He's funny. He's he can he can charm you.
0: Thank you. Just remember what Moe always says. It's about their hand size and not yours. Exactly. I that know. is exactly right. He taught me that like wow. in 2015, yeah. and it blew my mind. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. Because yeah, I was like, oh, it's theirs. Yeah. Hey. I had one of the police come here. I was like, hey, come here. Let me see your hand. Put it up there. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
1: She's like, what's that for? I
0: was like, not nah, go away. Yeah, just get yeah. away. <laughs> I'll go to- this will work. <laughs> so, no, I think it's an interesting dynamic because I've never been divorced. I tried a few times, mm-hmm. I was working towards it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was separated for a year. And I just know that even our dynamic was good then because of the boys or whatever because you want especially when kids are involved Um, What is what's the most difficult part is like is there something that like you guys go in like hey, this is off-limit Like don't bring this up.
1: Oh, you want to talk about rules?
2: No, oh, for fuck's sake! Because <laughs> she's already corrected you like three times. Oh yeah, hey, yeah. in my in my heart, it keeps like Pitter patter, just a little bit <laughs> it makes me feel warm. Do you notice that it's me against those two? Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing that's really off limits. I think is I have to know my place. My place is second.
3: Your place is in the kitchen. <laughs>
2: not even going to. I'm not going to acknowledge that. But what Jamie's referencing with there's rules. One of our episodes is rules. There's always rules. Before these two, so when Amanda and I got together, Jamie was, how would you describe how you were?
3: I think she said catty bitches earlier. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So she, Jamie was going to make sure that Amanda didn't take over the motherly rules for Audrey. Okay. And so I avoided this as long as I could because you don't want fighting and, this and that but it finally got to a point where i knew there was no way around it no it was gonna happen i don't give up and so jamie put her mind to it i'm going to meet her and i'm going to talk to her before and she's going to understand the rules before (laughs) she spends any time with augury our daughter so she came to the house and she laid out a very well thought out plan Would you say
1: it was very well thought out? It was. I thought it was. I practiced it like 10 times coming to the house. On
2: the way there. Yeah. Yeah. She'd been building on that for a while. Uh And so when she arrived, she introduced herself. I thought she was going to be.
1: You thought I was going to be more catty than I was. Right.
2: You were very professional.
1: Yes. I was very professional. I can be professional.
2: Uh (laughs) (laughs) So then she came in and she threw out some rules to Amanda. She said, look, I don't mind if you're in Audrey's life. You are not. I don't think that was said. Well I, but she said, I know I can't I know, I know I you're going to be a part yeah, of your life. Yeah. And what were a few of the rules? Well,
1: I said I know you're gonna be a part of Audrey's life, but you know, there are some guidelines. And those guidelines <laughs> of course there are guidelines. Right. Those guidelines are you're not mom. Mm-hmm. You won't be called mom. You're strictly Amanda, you're not stepmommy, you're not I mean, I think this is verbatim actually.
2: It's very close. <laughs> uh,
1: you said I can't be Aunt Amanda either. And I don't know, know, I don't you
2: know why. Couldn't even be an Amanda. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that's that's yeah. in charge. Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, your parents aren't going to be grandparents. Sorry, Amanda's parents. Um, you know, our fa- yeah, our Amanda's family parents, is our family. If you're family. listening
2: to this, I apologize. Yes. Yes. all the way around.
1: Yes. But you know, we had to go to football games and stuff together because our. Um, Youngest of the two sons was still in school, so I said, "But Played we're gonna be football,
2: high school football."
1: Yeah, we're gonna be at football games and stuff together, so we have to be cordial. Um, but you are not to take her to go get her nails done or a haircut without permission. Not <laughs> I even, mean,
2: not even without permission. It was just your not no. The doing nails it. you
1: could not, but if the hair needed to cut, it had someone had to ask me. Don't cut my daughter's
2: hair. You made that sound much more like.
3: I think it was actually that I wasn't allowed to do her hair
2: yeah no braiding oh yeah no yeah, ponytails definitely tails. no
1: braiding yeah just yep. anything that I could do she wasn't allowed to do
2: like right now I feel like I'm taking over BJ's podcast because no. look at him he is
0: like no, I'm his head go. is spinning no I'm letting her go because I questions all right because mm-hmm. I understand an aspect of uh, it. I'm a, I'm a child of divorce so I get that aspect of mm-hmm. it so but the other thing that was off limits while you guys are on the podcast since you guys get along now do you guys like giggle at things so that she'll notice that he does and you'll be like, did he ever do this? And then you guys giggle at him together.
3: Um, sometimes we make fun of his habits. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He has, you, you shared a room with him. Um, so I'm sure you saw his like very OCD of lining out everything in his life.
2: Well, we had our own room. They sprung for us that yeah. time. Oh. We had our own living room. Yeah, yeah. we had mm-hmm. our own living room and our own bedrooms.
0: I mean, I'm, I was the, I'm the same way though. I mean, I had everything the way it needs to be. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I was adamant on being on time, getting out, leaving yep. and all that other stuff.
1: I think it's more like, um, wow, he lets you, he doesn't say shit to you when you do that. I'd be yelled at.
0: Uh, so see, like, that, that's there's why I was, that's why was digging it. It. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about, is there ever talk of the, is what I meant about being off topics, but no shenanigans talk, right? Shenanigans is a word I use for um, being intimate. I say shenanigans. So because when my enough, kids, When my kids were young, I'd t- ask my wife, like, hey, what about some shenanigans? Instead <laughs> of saying sex right. for the boys. So that was our code word. So I, I stuck to it. 20 years True. later
1: actually we make Denny really uncomfortable because usually we're joking about um, shenanigans of together
0: of oh that's hilarious like they
1: don't mm. need
2: me
0: yeah. yeah that's a good feeling
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: makes, yeah. let me get the two people together that know every shortcoming you have and yeah. then just see how they like each other better
1: yeah, yeah and then when you find out that they really get along and they click then you start getting worried.
0: That'd be a nightmare. Yeah. That's believe be, it or not. Be like he did the whole what thing. Like, oh, I hate when he used to do that. Like, yeah, and he does this little swirl thing. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't think they've ever talked that far. And then, so, was, so you're kind of like the leader of the, of the clan. Aren't yeah. You? But, and then and this, and this is someone I want to get into. And, and this is kind of, um, and I was thinking about this and I was like, um, holidays, people are are like more i think people are more selfish than i ever realized in my whole life oh yeah i didn't realize like before i came um i went to chiropractor and then i went to the nursing home to see see my aunt and just walking in there is my mom worked in a nursing home and then she worked in the Alzheimer's ward and the dementia ward and things like that. And she did activities for them, like board games yep. and stuff like that. I'm permanently, uh, scarred on
4: nursing homes from my childhood. When we used to go see my great grandmother.
0: And, and yeah, I walked in there, the, the, the smell of urine is back and, I, and I'm not disrespecting it. And then, I, no, was, I mean, and know, yeah. I, and I was just, and then, so when saw my aunt, which was awesome at, and seen her and um and then my mom's like hey do you want to take her Christmas presents to a room or whatever and I'm like yeah sure so we walk by all these people and mm-hmm. then and like so we open this door and then a lady with a helmet it's coming at me! Oh my god! And but I'm so I know what to do because my mom worked in one, right? So I know not to freak out. Yeah. So I stop. Yeah. And then I just you know if she wants to hug me, I'm gonna let her hug me. Yeah. Unless one of the one of the people they're like, hey, don't let her hug you right. or whatever. And then another lady's behind behind me, like, how'd you get in here? Why are you here? Another person that's in the home or whatever. So we go put the gifts up or whatever. And then I was just like, I'm, and my mom walked me outside after i left she's like she's like i used to work in a place like this i like i can't stand to be be in this place anymore and i was starting to think about it was because my her older sister dementia the sister now is dementia and like my mom was like next in line Mm -hmm. for it or whatever and i was like i can't put her in one of these places well hopefully like i might i might just have to like like take her out because i do (laughs) i don't want her to be in i don't want her to be in that place because i'm thinking about like you know, these, it's just, like, yeah, they have roommates and stuff. Hopefully the odds are, like, one in three, she'll be okay, and then you won't have to deal with it. And there's, like, just people run around with, like, and i keep thinking about their cnas which is a very 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 difficult, difficult job
4: and they don't i mean the turnover, people, people, yeah. people want to talk about teachers getting paid cnas
0: should get paid a little bit more yeah the one lady was so nice in there and then like one lady they brought out the like the just like 12 foot tall food thing that they pushed through and one yep. lady tried to steal drinks off of it <laughs> and i'm just like no i <laughs> like i don't i not now i believe in assisted suicide more than ever <laughs> like i'm like i like i'm gonna tell my wife like hey if i get to this level like just let just figure it out like just do something still a bunch of xanax (laughs) give me some nyquil and just grind uh, it up into a smoothie yeah have everybody yeah i'll just (laughs) and then just i will say because i don't i I, and that's the selfish part is we want people to hang on forever yeah like, we don't think about them like... You know, we don't think about them. We're just like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Well, and,
4: man, I had a... Like, when I think back on my experience with nursing homes, man, I it's a vivid picture that's burned into my brain, and I know it was not the way my brain remembers it because my brain remembers it like a fucking scary movie like yeah i feel like i remember that the lights are all off there was like a little old lady in a wheelchair that was like reaching out for me to like touch me i was like i mean and that's what's so crazy because it was burned into my brain at like five or six and ever since then i never wanted to go back i never wanted to go in and what's crazy is jen and i went we went on a uh vacation with her um, brother-in-law and then her younger her older no her older brother and sister-in-law younger brother we went on vacation to go see her grandmother and grandfather that were both kind of like really really old so we were kind of trying to make this trip because this might be the last time they ever see them alive and we flew down there and i'll tell you dude i like from a time that i was four or five i'm 28 29 30 and I'm like having a panic attack that I'm very like good at like kind of hiding it while I'm in the car on the way there. But I'm like literally thinking like, I don't want to fucking go in here. Like I don't want to go, but then you go in there and you realize like you're an adult now and everything's not completely scary and you kind of understand what's all like going on around you. And, um, but I still had that whole, like, just pit in my
0: stomach, like, ooh, I don't want to go no. in here. Well, my mom worked there in high school. Then after I graduated, so we still stop by there and see yeah. her and, and, or whatever. And then, like, we'd have people come up and be like – and and then be like like are you Jimmy? And I'm like uh yeah uh, no. And and my and my, uh, my I handled it well. <laughs> like I can see if you're not used to that. And this yep. in in this person's eyes, you're their grandson. Yep.
4: My my great grandmother was like in that um, dementia kind of ward too. So like everybody that you saw was like very off. Oh yeah, when I was little.
0: Yeah, and, and you just like the people that work in nursing homes that, that 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 do the right thing. I mean, yeah, I don't think they get enough credit. But it, another thing is, it's a and the funny part is, it's a business. Yep, beds up and bring someone over, <laughs> and that that is a weird thing you said. It's like, hey, we need you to come down and see Uncle Bill. Yeah, you know. And then you walk in, but hey, Uncle Bill, like you're only here because you think I'm dying.
4: Or, or the fact that uh, her grandfather was also—he um, was a war veteran, and like he was a very, very strong, powerful like man. Yeah, lost uh, one of his legs in some sort of uh, situation, but like played golf into his like seventies, eighties, and you know only had the one leg, but he was like still out there playing golf and having a good time, being a you know a. a very strong older gentleman and then it's like almost like just bam and then he went to where he wasn't able to really remember people's names he didn't really know who he was talking to so it just felt like it felt very weird to me and it goes back to what you were talking about with being selfish because like it's almost like he doesn't know who any of these people are that are talking
0: to him so like could you imagine not fake could you imagine faking that at one point (laughs) and just be like been married for 50 years <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's like yeah. that
4: makes me laugh so hard because when they were when because he was still married to their grandmother but he wanted to be in the VA nursing home because he was a military guy and he wanted to be around other military people and she wasn't allowed to be in that one so they like put him into separate nursing homes and he was just kind of like yeah fuck it like i'm here and i'm happy here yeah and she can go be wherever she wants you know she's still my wife
0: and i still love her but yeah you could go ahead and stay over there oh just isn't that
4: so weird yeah
0: no (laughs) just he just and he'd just be like who are you (laughs) who, who is that and then she walks away and be like i knew who that bitch is yeah well what's
4: really funny is like i think they would uh they would get together. Like they would still like go and like get dinner together at each other's like nursing homes like the on whole trips, no, like the day trips.
0: thing Yeah, like day trips. But like the notebook makes the nursing home seem like it's a great thing to go to. Yeah. Like hey, you know You can you can remember all of your
4: past life and come back for a little bit and then Yeah. No.
0: No. Yeah. Like they really loved each other. He read to her all the time.
4: But but I think we just sat and talked about nursing homes for about twenty or thirty minutes. We made uh, it. it, It's 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 a a holiday episode. (laughs) I hope that made everybody really happy right now. So
0: go hug, go hug that smelly aunt <laughs> That like that you know that's gonna like and, and hug that weird political dude that's gonna say yep. something stupid. The racist uncle. Yeah, he's gonna be like, that's not racist. That's not racist. And that's and that's the funny part is if you live in if you live up here and then you go see some of your family that still lives like in like rural towns and you know and then you talk to them and then they look at you like an anomaly. Like you, yep. you live up there? Yep. What's that like? What's it I'm like? like it's like another planet. I'm like, um, we still have like gas powered cars. Yeah. Like what do you want me to say?
4: We're not in flying cars, and uh, we're not eating the uh, the little pill food that you throw in the microwave and it makes a whole meal.
0: Yeah, they want to say they want to they want to say something racial so bad, <laughs> and then they just want they don't think they can get away with you with you around. Yeah. We're going to cover a couple things. One thing is uh he is a principal and we're going to cover a new bill that's in Indiana um that's trying to get passed by the Mr. Jim Lucas and we're also gonna, since we're covering now we're also going to talk about some masculinity. Yeah. Uh, so two things there, so um, first, first question's first. Um, what is the bill he's trying to
5: get passed? Okay, so he's pushed this the last several years, um, and it has died. His it, What he wants to see is a standardized training practice so that teachers are given the right um, to conceal carry inside the school and it's a school by school decision on whether they do it or not but the the newest one that he has come up with has the standardized training format it's designed by the same people that train our police the teachers and staff that volunteer for it will be paid for, the training will be paid for by the state for the first year's salary of just one school resource officer He claims approximately 50 school staff members could be trained. When all the policies and everything else fails and an active shooter is inside a school, as we've seen many times happen, these are Jim Lucas's words, this legislation makes it possible for school staff to be able to defend themselves in that split second before life and death. Well
0: that's uh that's good in theory i see why we want to do it we would because jim believes in um everybody should carry a gun um, it's almost like um, having a uh, driver's license or being a US citizen they they think once you become a citizen maybe a birth, you just start with a small gun work your way up
5: well I, I love when I see these car dealerships like in the south where if you open a bank account or you buy a new car you end up with a shotgun or an AR in the car and you know you get you get the whole whole nine yards that's right and I am pro guns
0: I have always absolutely been. I, I I always have been um, and like I said it's my best friend and your good friend ap every time i'm with him he has his gun and he takes in my car i'm in his car i'm in his house so i'm pro gun but i don't think arming teachers is i mean i I don't know you're all right so when you became a teacher did you ever think that you would have to possibly have a shootout in your school
5: no no i never i never thought that there would come a time that we were you know obviously i grew up in the time after columbine happened and um and lockdown drills and all those kind of things but i never thought we would hit a point that we were talking about should teachers be carrying guns into the school building um you know the biggest thing i think for me to kind of start off with it is this idea that what what is a teacher's role and i understand what jim is pushing that well, we're going to train them just like police officers Teachers aren't police officers. That's not where their passion is. It's not where their drive is. And on the flip side of what Jim's argument is with how bad our public schools are, in his opinion, not mine, but in his opinion, do we really want our teachers spending a ton more time trying to be trained at the gun range than improving the education they're offering our kids? So that's first and foremost. I just don't see where the time to perfect what he's asking is there for teachers yeah and in and,
0: and, and you, with you being in education but as we've seen throughout 2016 17 18 and 19 since i started podcasting almost once a month there's been something with a teacher doing something with the student they're not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. right so teachers aren't perfect we know this no nobody is perfect right nobody is infallible i get that but another thing is so you're going to put a gun in someone's hand and be like like i wouldn't want to become a teacher like i be like no i don't want to, i don't want to deal with this and then you know because it can happen any given time no matter what school it is everything like that so um are to the point now why can't we put more resource officers is that what they're called resource
5: officers Yep. and there's are they armed yeah i mean we have a dedicated school resource actually we have two in in our school district um one is stationed at the middle school and then we have one that is uh his office is in the high school and i mean he wears this full duty uniform at all times so he has a full duty belt on him at all times and uh and then he has a rifle in a um, gun safe in his office that is that's locked and secured uh but he's the only one that has a combination to it so, so for the rest of us, we don't have access to those things. And, and to be honest, that's the way I would want it to be. The other side that I don't think Jim considers, and it goes back to exactly what you just said, and it's really easy with a lot of things for us to sit here and be, you know, and later on we talk about um, masculinity, but to sit here and be that macho guy and say, oh, I'd absolutely be able to take somebody out. I'd absolutely be able to shoot somebody. The problem I have, and I'm a a pro-gun guy. I I had my uh, pistol in the truck when I drove up here today and do most of the time. But the difference is, if it's a student that I have worked with at that high school, I don't know that I... I, I don't know that I can pull the trigger in, and in that life, mm-hmm. and I, I don't. I think anybody that just is easy enough to say, "Oh, I could," I, I think. I think that's really short-sighted. And I'm not saying I get the argument back that you mean if there's a hundred kids that you can save, you wouldn't kill one. I don't know, and I, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and say that I have
0: that answer because you're not trained to be a killer.
5: Absolutely not.
0: Like our, like you know, I'm not saying cops are killers and military, but they are trained to kill like they and so if you take someone who's supposed to be a caring compassionate person and teach kids and all of a sudden you're teaching them this other side like hey you're gonna have you're gonna have to have this like you're gonna have to be maybe make that decision to end the life and you're like "Whoa, whoa 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 like i like whatever happened to just getting an apple and we moved forward. <laughs> now
5: I have to have a Glock. And, and exactly what you just said. My whole job is, and my belief system as an educator is I'm never giving up on that kid. Yep. So I, I always think that if I can get that breakthrough, I can fix them. Now you're telling me I'm the one that's going to make the decision of when it ends for that kid. And I, I don't know that I, I, I I'm not wired that way. And I don't want to be wired that way because I don't think I would be a good educator if I was, but, to also go back to what you just said there with with police (laughs) and not to get into that whole debate or some of the things that have happened but the split second decisions you have to make um i i've been in the schools now for 11 years and there's always things that happen that seem more serious than what they are during the time you know we we've had lockdown drills where things were reported that Weren't even true, you know. I mean, uh, several years ago, we had an undercover—I shouldn't say undercover, but a detective from the sheriff's department—who um, was wearing street clothes but had his pistol on, and a—and he didn't check in. He just came in to go talk to our school resource officer at that time, and a student saw and reported. We locked the whole school down because all they had saw was a with it was a male with a gun on his hip. Well, as soon as that's reported, and we don't have a whole lot more information. Now you've got every teacher that is armed that maybe encounters a student or sees a student trying to make that decision in a split second, are they a threat? And like I said, how many police officers have made the terrible mistake of, and I'm not taking sides in any of that, of mistaking a cell phone for a gun or make mistaking something for a, for a weapon. Now we're gonna ask teachers who are just training once a year to pass their certification, to make that decision in a split second of a chaotic situation in a school. Yeah, and and I,
0: and I think also and here's an interesting fact about this cuz when the mass when the school shootings happen and then we bring up gun control, right? And then then people will bring up, well, if you actually look at the average, you know, um, and then they start spinning what school shootings and mass shootings are, right? And then now we're going the opposite way saying no they really happen a lot we need to make sure we're 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 prepared for it so and and like i said i think i do i just think that uh, because teachers in indiana let alone right now are going through another struggle with pay Mm -hmm. which jim is anti-pay a lot of people are anti-pay and a lot of Pro hate teachers honestly um and, the, and then it, it, we're blessed in southern indiana i think we're really blessed my kids go to greenwood further south it's a little bit different than ips school is a little bit rougher, absolutely but here's the thing is back to what you said about them i've been robbed five times um by gun one time by knife i told him to leave show me the respect and bring back a gun and he did leave he's like all right <laughs> but what i'm saying is i had a gun to my face And then in that moment, I didn't think, man, I'm going to, no, I did whatever they wanted to do because you don't know what you're going to do. So all those people say, well, this is what I would have done. I'm like, really? So yeah, a loaded gun pointed at your head. No, no, I just did what he asked me to do, moved on from there, right? you don't know in that moment what's going to happen is I just want to survive the moment. But we're putting... I just think we're now we're trying to overcorrect a problem mm-hmm. i mean why not and i brought this up to denman and i was like why don't we ever have if people are looking for we have resource officers we have plenty of vets that don't have jobs that are trained that could be around kids that could be a big help and he's like well you know they have a lot of ish- issues and i was like well that's stereotypical they're, they're, not everybody has issues right and then it could be something where kids can spend a. I mean because you know we 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 say we have these holidays for veterans but we really don't take great care of them
5: no no we just we we want to put on the show and and move on Better yeah, have a parade throw some candy move on yeah but i mean
0: i mean there could be a way we can work something out with that or do something or, or instead of instead of putting it in teacher's hands because i'd rather have it in the hands of somebody who can control that situation
5: and the other part that that i always question is you know when i when i'm in a lockdown situation and don't get me wrong when I was in the classroom and I still tell my teachers this today we always found ways to you know I I don't want to say arm ourselves in that sense but we weren't going to just huddle and and take it. We, in a real situation, we would have moved desks in front of the door. We would have been armed with books, you know, and and the research and studies show that anything coming towards a school shooter um, can distract them and they move on. And honestly, the number one deterrent to any school shooter is a locked door. As soon as they hit a locked door, because most of them, the whole goal is numbers. They want, you know, it's all about how many categories, Casualties can I get so as soon as they come to a locked door, they typically continue to move down until they can find something that's mm-hmm. unlocked. Well, if I'm that teacher and I know I'm armed and I've got a classroom of 25 kids, what decision do I make there? Do I open the door and walk out and put them in harm's way? Do I stay where I'm at? So I think there's just so many things that can come up. And I agree with you. I think there's other avenues where we could put money Um, that can help our schools be safer instead of it being guns in the hands of teachers.
0: Well, and then I think the media is a lot of the blame for this, too. And I know we're part of the media doing what we do, but it's glorifying who did it, putting mm-hmm. their faces out there, reading the letters and everything that they do. Um, and I think a lot of it is is the, is the the fame culture is so high, and that's why it, it, a lot of it has come up. And, I mean, there was a, there was a shooting at a football game where a girl guy hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for the simple reason is – is, and I'm not saying we have to go to lockdown on everything, but. You walk into a football game, you walk into that, and I have two kids that are in high school, and I think about it all the time, and, and I get it, so it's not like I'm like, you know, some am like, well, you don't care what your kids, if, if something happens, I'm like, well, that's different, but,
5: like, we can't do, an, we always do an overcorrection. Right, and this is the thing that I think, and I agree with you, too, because I'm not one that's going to sit here and say, well, that'll never happen to us, because it can happen anywhere, um, but the thing I think, when you talk about an overcorrection, you know, when the last school shooting that happened, our, our governor came came out and said we're going to send metal detectors to every school and i think our district got 12 metal detectors i can tell you right now that the only thing we've used those metal detectors for is to find vapes on kids when they hide them you know in their bras or in their underwear so that we know there's something metal there um that's we've not used it for any type of weaponry i get the bra one behind the vape in your underwear I, putting it in your mouth tell me about it agree 100 yeah, i'm a smoker like, but I'm like, I agree, hundred percent. And sorry. then, they, and then they oof. share them with each other, and, and so. Uh, but it, we just put in a a really great camera system, and I think that's the one place where schools can do more um, and pay someone. Literally,
0: I don't know. Why I say literally, but like, have someone constantly watch, like a hawk, nonstop, or even two and 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 think about it is you're and, and it's right away and like almost the person like the watching the cameras to unlock the door to let someone in and I mean I have no problem with the school being locked
5: no and and, and the technology that has come with the cameras now is unbelievable we actually have um when you pull on campus, we have a license plate reader that will read your license plate when you come on. We can program in any any former student that we've expelled, you know, someone who's been trespassed from our property, any concern, and it will automatically send me a text message alert and an alert on my radio letting me know that somebody's on campus that's not supposed to be. Once you enter our building, it automatically starts figuring telemetrics on you, and I can literally go back and search for Burgundy hat, like your Phillies hat, and it will pull up everybody that was wearing a burgundy hat, and then I can follow you through our entire building. So, in what used to take us hours upon hours looking at film by hand, now we can do it in a matter of seconds. And
0: Jennings County is not a caramel. No, and and, and that's that's what you guys have made str- great strides in a um i don't know the economics here but it's not
5: in a high poverty high poverty rural community. Absolutely. A rural
0: community and you guys have but you guys invested in invested in the right way and it goes to the leadership and everything like that so but i think we should try any alternative before i mean think about what if it comes down to the let's say this bill gets passed mm-hmm. and
5: then they amend
0: the bill to say it's mandatory
5: I can tell you right now my own wife is a teacher. My wife would not feel comfortable at all. Why do we
0: ha- why do we have someone who has no teaching background? And I know he's a, he's a politician and and I get it and um I think sometimes we're having politicians. Like, the teachers go to him? I
5: don't know if you know. I don't need it. Does someone go to him and and say, hey, this is what we want to do? No, these are all – most of his bills are created out of his own um, thought process. And I can say right now, and and Jim, I hope you listen to this because you know this is true. I've met with Jim several different times. Um, Jim's been on my shows, but I challenged Jim last – probably august when i met with him um, him and i had dinner together at bubba's and, and seymour and i challenged him to come and, and shadow me for a day and mm-hmm. i said and and he his immediate response to me was well i've done that before and it's always a dog and pony show and i said jim here's the deal you call me the the morning of you drive over and when you hit the parking lot you text me or call me and say you're you're there there's no way I could put on a dog and pony show. I, I'm not trying to. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't do me any good to think we're this great. So I want you to come see the real problems that we deal with on a daily basis. Um, he has yet to do that. And that, that offer is still out there. That offer is out there to any politician that wants to come see the life and the day of a, a principal. I can put you with one of our counselors, a teacher, and you can see the things we, we're dealing with. And, and you know, And to kind of expound on that... You know, the mental health issue, I know you and I talked about ours. I I just added it up Friday before I left uh, school for the day. We have had 49 what we call (laughs) crisis reports so far this school year. So that means someone who is having suicidal suicidal ideation, um, has a plan to commit suicide, is self-harming, or has a homicidal ideation so something that was so serious that we did evaluations on them we you know contacted the appropriate people their parents so 49 of those have already happened the first semester of the school year on top of that we've done 42 dcs calls so 91 and there's only 90 days in the first semester so every day more than every day this year we have done either a dcs report um or a crisis report and that's some of the things i don't think jim understands that's going on every day but one thing you've always been at big on with me you're like hey have you talked to somebody
0: yeah because that's really huge isn't it
6: it's huge it's it's big um i think that uh when anybody asks about or notice a change in me they're like oh you know what did you what did you do And uh, I I said, I started, I started going to therapy, get a counselor. That's the first thing you can do. And it's hard to find a good counselor. Um, I'm so, so fortunate that I have the best counselor. And I always, I always tell people about her and I, but so, so often I've talked about so many people close to me that she's like, yeah, ethically, I don't think it would be a good idea if I see you. Um, But yeah, the therapy component for me has been big. I think, I read somewhere, it's like, it's basically paying someone to be your friend, or paying someone to care for an hour. Here's 50 minutes, I'm going to pretend like I care about you. Um, But sometimes that's what you need. When you feel the way that you and I have felt, mm -hmm. when you can be surrounded by people and feel completely alone. So... That's probably the best way I've spent money in a long time.
0: And, and plus, unless you really freak them out, th- <laughs> they're going they're going to be there every week.
6: Yeah, they're really good. Because if you've done up, some yeah. of the
0: stuff on your friends, yeah, like the stuff we talked about before we started recording, and, and you, most people, if there's another person there, they're like, I'm I gotta go. I
6: gotta get out of here. Yeah,
0: because like these people are crazy. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah. I but I think when you're involved in and when you have when you're when you have a husband or wife or boyfriend and you have mm-hmm. kids and then you go through a lot of things and mm-hmm. then it, it's almost like miles on the car it starts to really build up and your check engine lights start to Dude. come on you're like ah it's good next thing you know your car blows up right and yeah. and I realized that about myself like hey my car is starting to uh, like really throw a bunch mm-hmm. of signs here
6: the alignment's off <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and, and but and I think that's really I've had more conversations talking about that lately than anything cuz I think where there's still too many people out there that are dealing with it the wrong way, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, alcohol, drugs,
6: self-medication. Sex is a big one. Yes. People not feeling loved and thinking that sex equates love. I carried that for a really long time. Um, shopping i mean that's a really common and socially acceptable one
0: i, I, I actually love shopping and yeah. i think i realized that because i used to get depressed and make hey babe let's go shopping and we like mm. do i need a, do i really need a 75 dollar shirt
6: yeah i know i mean i have mine is amazon amazon is always my go-to <laughs> and i literally put all of my shopping apps in one folder and you can see it here my food and my shopping apps are all in one folder and it says not self-care <laughs>
0: <laughs> just correct. as a gentle reminder
6: <laughs> that you really don't need to buy anything or order any food food
0: was huge it's huge yeah f- f- i mean mm-hmm. like i said is like i would just like and i told the story before i would just go eat in the driveway by myself like Dude, taco yeah. bell and then mm-hmm. like watch youtube or listen to sad songs and you're just like mm-hmm. eating a gordita and you're just like <laughs> why are you eating this and,
6: i don't know i feel like it's gonna fill whatever emptiness i have right now and it's true
0: and the kids be mad like when did you get taco I bell i know
6: get no nobody's more pissed than you when you eat alone than your kids i know that yeah
0: well, my son called once knocked in the window and he's like dad what are you doing i was like oh, i just got a taco he's like that's a whole bag It's like all right here's a burrito
6: go away <laughs> don't tell mom
1: And when your kids get
0: older you start noticing like you said you know i know you have a son and daughter yeah and you start noticing some of the traits in in, in them because oh. um, i know it's my youngest son when my when pops passed away like it aided him luke kept composure yeah but i think luke he's goes towards anger
6: is luke your oldest yeah yeah he goes
0: he goes towards anger a little bit my brother did too then there's my youngest is he's such a sweet Mm -hmm. sweet kid but i mean he he smoked pot a few times eighth grade year and all these things and i think he was trying to find a way to cope to do it and and luke i think that when you said off the air you're like hey oldest kids sometimes like yeah like dad I get it I'm the oldest
6: it's like yeah. a syndrome almost and I think that I mean if you read anything about birth order it's interesting um, the traits that, that they take on just literally when you were born um, and I think that there's there's a lot of science behind that and it also helps you accept your kid for who they are as that i mean but then you have in your case where it's very opposite you know you you took hold of your family situation when things got hard um so it it would be interesting to find out when that like where in your life that that dynamic switched where you stepped up and said i'm gonna handle this because it probably happened when you were very young
0: and i think it's because of my personality now like how does that work Right. right okay i was like okay mom like Hey, how do you make that frozen pizza? Mm -hmm. How do you make that macaroni? How do you do this? You're a
6: doer. Yeah.
0: How's this work? And then like, I'd see mom have a bad day. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, let's clean up. Let's make dinner. Let's do whatever. Yeah. And then I started realizing that and put a smile on her face. Oh, wow. We've got to talk about this. So, so
6: are you, um, are you familiar with codependence? Have you dealt with this at all?
0: uh, I, a little bit, but not too much.
6: Yeah. So, um, a lot of codependent behavior, Um, it's usually created as a, a child. Um, I know that, um, my family dynamic set me up, set me up to, um, assume that my worth and my value, um, uh, lay in my ability to make other people happy. It had nothing to do with who I was as a person. It had nothing to do even with my accomplishments, um, things that I had done at school or sports, but if if I made the people in my family happy, if I made their lives easier, then that made me feel like I was worthy to receive love.
0: Yeah, no, that's me That's me to a T, because yeah. one of my best friends, Jeremy, um, he always says, like, you will go to make people happy, and you'll go as far as to where it makes you miserable.
6: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah.
0: And then I think this happens in a lot of marriages, actually. Uh-huh. So when we first meet, and then, so everybody's different when they first get together. I don't care what anybody says, right? Oh,
6: yeah. yeah. I mean, you're trying to sell a car. You're yeah. showing all your features, your That's best right. stuff. Yeah. I, I
0: mean, I'm running. I'm going, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, shaving my chest whatever whatever we need to do getting things waxed and then but can you keep that up
6: yeah and it's slowly like yeah and then
0: all of a sudden one person keeps it up mm -hmm. because you're like hey I'm gonna make sure I cook I clean whatever I'm not and and a lot of time it is the female yeah and then the the male starts to go back to a little bit and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. once she stops like hey where's dinner at Mm -hmm. I don't know won't you make it yeah and then all of a sudden he's like You said you like doing those things
6: right right
0: and and then that's where i've seen that a lot because they're like i want to make you happy this is what i'm supposed to do and i'm like this Mm -hmm. is not what you have to do
6: the roles that we the roles that we take on in our relationships whether it's romantic or not um i mean we're selling a product we're selling ourselves and a lot of times we get wrapped up in does my spouse still want this product how do I need to change things and uh, revamp or or rebrand this product so that he still or she still wants this? Um, and I think I think like you're right in terms of male and female, men will take it at face value. Like if you say, I enjoy cooking you meals, I, en- I enjoy cool. giving you foot rubs, I enjoy these things. They believe you when you say that so i think that that i i think that often in those situations we get sideways because instead of being honest about who we are and what we really love we, we still feel like we have
0: to sell ourselves if she keeps her starts keeping her shirt on during sex you need to go talk to a counselor i'm not i'm not a <laughs> that's this, interesting i i this is just something okay that, that i've noticed mm-hmm. i start asking dudes like man we're having problems is she keeping the shirt on during sex yeah i'm like there's a problem. She's mad at you for something, or something's wrong. You need to talk to her. Yeah, that's I, interesting. Yes. Yeah, so, so it always stuck in my brain. Like I, 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 I know someone who, um, she would tell me she's like, I'm just for the play. I only take my shirt off, and I'm like, that's a girl thing. So that's something that's wrong. So like, when dude, <laughs> so dudes asked me, I'm like, what is she? Eh. And he's like, man, you're right. And I was like, you need to talk to her. Yeah, like, something's wrong. Yeah. because he's thinking well she's we're still ha- we're still intimate so everything should be good right no
6: no no because we have we have levels of intimacy and apparently it's determined by how much clothes we take off
0: yeah and then does she initiate it and all yeah, these other things yeah there's a
6: lot there's so there's there's so much to learn from the things that we don't say and I think that's male and female. Um, yep. I think, like we were talking about, uh, the stigma associated with men and mental illness. It's not just mental illness; it's any vulnerability at all. Like I know that a lot of the struggle in my last in my last marriage, my only marriage, um, was. Uh, I didn't create a safe space for him to be vulnerable. Um, uh, he didn't feel safe with me because it was a lot of of judging. Um, if he didn't say what I wanted to hear, if he—I mean, I—we set each other up for very codependent relationships, and but we set each other up in ways that would serve our dysfunction um like the 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 get close no go away like i'm gonna stay away long enough for you to miss me and then i'll feel desired and then this will be great i mean that's one of the shittiest oldest things that we do in relationships
0: and all we have to do is just is like like we need to talk but not that's it but not talk one-on-one sometimes you have to have like a mediator at times and be like hey how do i tell her Mm -hmm. that this is happening because every time i say it like she looks at me like she's going to stab me. Yeah. And then every time she says something I'm like, I don't know what you mean.
6: Yeah, I'm not I'm not following you. Yeah. And I I uh <sighs> I think that we speak in the language that we want to be loved. So instead of looking at my spouse or or, or someone I'm in a romantic relationship with and going, how how do I love you well? Tell me what, and there's some tests that tells you what your love language is or something. Um, and that's uh, like acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, I can't remember all of them, but we just naturally love the way that we wanna be loved and very rarely are you and your spouse going to want to be loved the same way
0: no no and i think that with my wife it's we've been together since 2000 we got married in 2001 Mm -hmm. we had a year-long issue where we weren't together Mm -hmm. um it was me being selfish and i knew it was it just was because we had kids i'm like where's my attention yeah why are you at the zoo today while i'm at work yeah why are you at the pumpkin patch
6: that's a big transition yeah uh, and
0: i'm like what am i'm like you're only happy when you know the check gets deposited just like Mm -hmm. real just i was an awful bitter person and then i realized like okay it's not about you because if you become a parent that's what men i think men struggle with that like when we held the baby the first time oh this is awesome i love being a dad you know i have my son i'm gonna name him luciano give him a great name and then it's like after a while you're like hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna play softball and they're like well i need help with the kids like hey i I did this before we had kids. You knew who I was. And you say that phrase, you knew who I was when you married me. It's the stupidest thing you can say to anybody.
6: So what was it that happened early on in your relationship that made you go, yeah, this, I can't keep doing it like this.
0: Um, it it would, I just felt like because I was surrounded by negative people, that's the worst thing you can do. Right. Okay. So if you, if you're trying to talk to a friend, a true friend, open and honestly, they're gonna call you on your bs like bro you're being an idiot Mm -hmm. not in your ear going yeah you're right i can't believe she's doing that and Mm -hmm. then then all of a sudden you just like you start this whole like propaganda
6: yeah you do you start working against your spouse almost it's wild
0: it's like you're almost you run like she's one political party you're the other and you're giving the reasons why i should be in control of this yeah um and then men don't understand postpartum depression yeah they don't understand like hey my body like, yeah, you know, we didn't, we're such selfish because it's about us because mm-hmm. we are all little kids. I don't care men, what age are men when we still have little kids tendencies, right? Yeah. You know, and we're, I was spoiled at the beginning cause she was breastfeeding. So I was like, Hey, you gotta go get the kid. You gotta oh. go get the kid. Right? And this I This on you, yeah. But we were twenty three and twenty five when we had kids. We were not that old.
6: Same. Yeah. We were same.
0: So twenty three years old Dude, and we
6: were babies ourselves. Yeah. We had and, no business taking no, care of kids. No,
0: not at all. And yeah. my mom and my mom and pops lived an hour away and then her parents live like fourteen hours away. So you away. guys
6: didn't have that support system to yeah. say, Hey, let's make time for each other and somebody else can take care of the kids. No.
0: Yeah, that's no. hard. So we'd have to like after we have both of them put them in the car drive down an hour yeah let's take a bunch of pictures and you're like yeah yeah what, what's, and then the only cool part about having kids is like i ah, can't baby's sick, we can't come over
3: yeah
6: i
0: got out a lot of stupid stuff mm-hmm, that's true but like you have to realize it's your fault at times and we don't oh, want to yeah. do that because we're waiting and i'm bad about holding things in my pocket like Oh, oh yeah oh
6: remember this yeah oh yeah i always called that the rolodex oh you're gonna bring something up to me give me a second let me flip through here i've got all kinds of things i've been waiting to pull out on you
0: but yeah we did go to high school today Heather. yeah and then you took the worst picture of me ever if you remember
7: yes who was sitting on,
0: who was sitting on the toilet do you remember
7: Oh my gosh i wish trisha i wish trisha was here because she would know. i don't now because she it was, remembers it was one everything of your too.
0: you gotta to talk to one of your female friends sitting on a toilet but took my face it
7: might have been trisha
0: it might have been her i think it was actually because you two were awful together
7: yeah i'm sorry can i apologize
0: no it made me who <laughs> i am now okay <laughs> i invited you on the show so obviously you didn't and then yeah. you passed out these flyers throughout school yeah and then all throughout school and then i sharan wrapped your car with sunny d bottles
7: that's right
0: so yes so and you wonder why it's amazing i've been married this long because if you knew me then then you're like man he's kind of he's got some issues so yeah but we have actually have a lot in common um in our lives because we we kind of because you actually used to do radio back in the day right yes what did you used to do
7: So I was a DJ on ninety two point three WTTS um, all throughout college. Well, actually, I was uh, I worked at the local radio station in Seymour in high school and just did like commercials and stuff and weather and then. I my freshman year of high school or of college i went to iu and i see ninety two three. they broadcast out of bloomington but they don't want you to know that but they actually they're in bloomington but they all their advertising comes from indy but their studios are in bloomington so i went my freshman year and gave them an air check and they hired me on the spot so i was a dj there for four years of uh, college
0: what what was some of your highlights favorite things about doing that
7: um just i love music so you know um just being around all the music meeting people you know and i networked a lot i met a lot of people that i still keep in contact with today so
0: yeah it's kind of like podcasting because we made a lot of friends through this that we yeah. network and do things with so but was you on air too also as a DJ, yeah. right yeah so
7: overnights that yeah
0: did you, did you have like did you use your name or did you have like your own call your sign off signal or anything yeah. like that
7: <laughs> that I used my but since I was in college that you know for security reasons they didn't want me to use my last name but they gave me the option of Brooke Broad Ripple Brooke Butler or Brooke Steele so I did Brooke Butler I was Brooke
0: Butler yeah, yeah. <laughs> mark you seem like more of a Brooke steel
7: i know i thought that was like sounded porny <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: that's as soon as i said it did <laughs> dude, i we have google i guarantee if you google it that'll pop right? up. right and so um but and that was and that's one of the things that because when the what started the prank war was me and one of our mutual friends mike roberts um yes. we did the tape making fun of you guys yeah and that's what started my love for being in a studio yeah um, it took me, I don't know, 20 some years to finally get in a studio and have a studio, but that's what started. It. it was the reaction of something I did and we handed it to people and they're like, wow, that's funny. And yeah. and, and it took 20 years to get where I'm at or whatever. And, but I enjoy so much now and then I have so much joy with it and I knew you used to do it. Yeah. And I was like, and I've had Paige on here. She did great. She
7: did so good. I was um, so proud of her. I love
0: Paige. Um, she's my bestie. She's, she's a great girl. Um, Trish scares me. still. this she's day, also
7: my bestie, <laughs> I know
0: she just has something about her. Like <laughs> she's stabby at any point. She's funny. Um, but no, you, you guys were hilarious together. And I always wanted to do something like that. But I know that you have an amazing story too. Yeah. Because you listened to the show. I did a few weeks ago with Dustin roller, which is speaking from experience where I talked about anxiety, depression, yeah. and you were actually shocked by some of the things, not Can't, shocked, yeah. but like, because the, there's things about people that people don't really know
7: yeah and i was so um just impressed with your honesty and and didn't would never have known that about you ever like you don't come across you don't come across like you feel that way inside you're so conf- you seem so confident and yeah you would never know and, and then, so, I thanks for being honest about that. It's
0: yeah, hard. It, it is hard, and and I think that's one of the reasons I started the show was is have honest conversations because I think there's things that go on people's life they don't know about because they're afraid to say something. Yeah, because they don't want to be embarrassed. Is and, yeah, and on stigma. This, and on this and on this episode, we're gonna get into addiction because I'm a functioning addict. I still take Vicodin every day. I started on a very high dose for chronic pain. And then I didn't know how to handle it when I got it. Yeah. Um, I used to get 240 Viking tens. We call them. I call them tens. I know there's different. I, we call them yellow bombers. bombers. Yeah. We call them yellow bombers. We called chasing a dragon, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I was taking up to ten or twelve a day. I was supposed to take six. Yeah. So my morning routine would be take two and drink a green monster. That was my morning yeah and then smoke a half like just smoke like crazy cigarettes because of the and then i fell in love with the feeling of the euphoria Mm -hmm. of not being pain-free and then before you know it it's like you get out of control
7: yeah which i i don't know if i necessarily agree with the term functioning addict but i think that um that you take pain pills now for your pain yes yeah it got out of control yeah yeah
0: and then the term functioning addict what i mean is is like it still scares me on a daily basis okay Yeah. especially having depression anxiety because when you have those things it's like you try you try to cover it up with whatever you can yeah Um, i actually don't drink alcohol i don't use any other drugs for you um, because i know it'll do Mm -hmm. but when you're in that mind state of and we had other people that were taking them at the same time and then it's like you try to get validation like man, I'm taking way week to me. Like, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Doing, yeah. And that's a scary Absolutely. thing. I'm, I started at 240 mm-hmm. tens and now I take two fives a day that are split in half. So, which th- is
7: amazing and so hard to do.
0: Yes. So I turned 40 March the 5th and then by March the 5th, I will be opiate free. That's my goal. It's taken, it's been a year process
7: that's amazing and I'm proud of you yes that's so hard
0: my body feels like shit yeah and I it feel will. every part I it feel will. every part of my pain yes um, but and it's w-
7: magnified because you're used to you know not feeling that numbing it
0: a lot of it goes to AP though. Like um, he's been very supportive because if you're, if, if you're with somebody who's went through that process mm-hmm. and because that's one of the biggest things is we were talking about It's Like you almost have to have someone to talk to about it. it totally. Because if you don't, then you feel more alone. And then, but he went through it. I've put, and then he's been helping me like, I'm like, Hey man, I cut back. And he's like, hell yeah. And he's was like, yeah. try this. What if you try? And then because he's been through it, I put two other friends through rehab. Yeah. Um, one's not, not well. And the other one has been, I think probably about a year clean. Yeah. Like he used was drug alcohol. Got to the point where good, friend. he couldn't buy pills. He was doing buying $5 black tar heroin cause yeah. it was cheaper.
7: Oh, oh yeah.
0: And, yeah. and I don't think a lot of people know who, who are addicts. and and because as an addict myself like i never want to admit like i'm fine I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm i'm gonna push through it
7: yeah and i think it's really important to have like i obviously i'm a recovering addict and i um I, I don't know where i would be without my recovery community and my friends that are in recovery or just friends that i can talk to like like Paige and trisha they're not in recovery but but they know all about my struggles and i can talk to them and but then i've got you know a couple of really good friends in recovery too and like like you were talking about ap i, I don't know what i would do without them that's that's important
0: because hey, you have to have people that understand i'm not saying that they understand like no no i get it this happens but like i actually understand that like it is a disease yes and um yeah and it's weird is because you don't know you have like the alcoholics and they'll have and and they say a lot of it's based on your environment and i get that but mine was based on a doctor's treatment said here this will help you yeah but i never knew about the side effects yeah i mean this was 2008 tell you 2008 is when i started yeah and then so i've been on since 2008 so it's been 11 years since i've taken them and um,
7: now they have the pain management clinics, right? Is that what you have to go to? A
0: lot of, no, I still go to my doctor. You do? I have to get drug tested twice a year, Yeah, $100 a piece, which I have to pay for, wow. which, is, which is ridiculous. I get two I get two scripts, and then I have to drive up and get two more scripts. And I have to go every four months and pay a copay.
7: Yeah, so, wow.
0: So, because in order for him to stay my doctor, I have to sign these things. And I failed a drug test. And Did they I, cut you off? No. I got my one warning. I didn't know um it was at my my father just passed and i was at my mom's house i had a real bad migraine and i said hey does anybody have anything for migraine and being an idiot and didn't realize it was something that's on that list because i said hey is this opiate based? if it is that's fine i won't it's no i can take it yeah well it was a different kind of opiate oh.
7: strand oh yeah so
0: i actually took um
7: oxycodone or yeah something. yeah
0: and i didn't know i'm not saying i'm naive but i'm like opiate yeah, opiate we're good right? and i got popped for that yeah and i was like what are you talking about yeah and because during a during a funeral time you're like you're not thinking straight like i had to get a speech the next morning the eulogy and i'm my migraine's going crazy so i just took it and then i felt it and they called, i remember they called me and i was like well, what do you mean i felt it and um because the weird part is he's like well if it's weed i'm not gonna say anything and i was like
7: that is weird yeah
0: i was like it's illegal in indiana and he's just like yeah i know he's like yeah. he's like long as it's not like coke or something and i'm like okay well if it is i'm hoping we have a plan yeah so, but but um <laughs> i don't know i didn't really know what to say when he said long, yeah. long as not coke and i'm like okay what about
7: which is strange because it was another form of an opiate it wasn't
0: like yeah so and I took heroin or took, anything, I took but, one. Yeah, but I had my drugs. They're laying down the law. I yeah, and then because doctors doctors got out of control. There's a doctor in Virginia. I told the story. I, I don't I know saw what to call it. And then and the people were driving for miles and yeah. miles and miles. And then uh, there's pain clinics in Bedford and, and just right where where we grew up that were given sexual favors. Oh my god! Yeah, think about that. Yeah. We have we have people that we trust with our and I'm not saying all doctors. It's
7: that bad, BJ.
0: Yep, I know because what happened was is when people could no longer sell them and they went on pill counts and went to the pain clinics. I still go to my regular doctor, right? Because I I I said I will obey you by all these rules. So the pain clinics are busting people, and then people were buying those from other people. And so when that dried up, like in Scott, that's what happened in Scott County. Yeah and like and and it's just it's so difficult to to watch that this is something that we you put a lot of people on and then you're like no no we're gonna cut you off yeah Uh, because i remember going through withdrawal once
7: it's yeah the worst in the world
0: i was in cleveland ohio working i don't think i've ever really told this whole story before so you said be honest so i'm gonna please (laughs) so I was in a hotel room by myself and what I had been doing was, is I'd been taking so many. Um, I was, this is before any regulations. just like 2012, 2013. I was getting, and so I would go buy them. That's before you could just pay for them. You're like, Hey, you are getting them early. There was no regulation. You can just get them whatever you want to get yeah. them. Right? So I got to the point where I got ahead of my script. And he wouldn't fill it. So I was in Cleveland, and I was talking to the doctor, and then they called my wife, they called my pharmacist, and they said, is he abusing him? Is this happening? And I was. Of course I'm going to lie about it. Yeah. Like, I'm out of control. So I'm sitting here. I have that bottle in my hand. I have one left. I'm thinking, do I take this tonight? You're right. Do I take it in oh the morning? Oh, my gosh, yep. And so but they agreed they agreed to fill it right the, and they agreed to fill it the next morning and the next morning was my 33rd birthday so i take it and i'm sitting there looking at it and then i take it and then i'd been taking so many so one wasn't nothing mm-hmm. so then here comes the anxiety here comes i can't sleep i didn't have to be at work till like i think seven I was in the parking lot at four thirty. Oh yeah, just sitting there. And if I could have broke into a pharmacy the other night or robbed somebody, I would have done it. I, I yeah, was that desperate. Crazy. Um, and then I was sitting there at work, sitting down. And I told them, I, and I was fairly new to this company, and this was a high-paying job, right? It was well over six figures. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm about ready to mess it up right. because I don't know what to do.
7: And you would have, yeah, because
0: up. yeah. And so I um, luckily got off early and then they filled it and they said well we're gonna go ahead and fill it this one time but you can't get it fill for every 30 days uh, so I drove in the snow yeah home and then um, I got to the house and I and I'd never been away on my birthday I mean I had kids I mean I and my boys and I took that and I took that one and in like half hour everything just went back to normal yeah but I just remember sitting out on the patio, and Stefan went to sleep or whatever. And the boys were asleep, and then I was on the patio just crying, and I was just like, "Like I'm addicted. You gotta get this. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're you gotta fix this and 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 um and I didn't right away because you know when I got the work, like I drove through the night or whatever it was got the work the next day or whatever, and then I remember taking two instead of taking one, and then and when I came back and then. I didn't have the best support because not because of Steph. It has nothing to do with, I didn't want to bring her in it. Yeah. Cause you don't want to bring in someone you care about right? and be like, drag them to the mud. Yeah. Cause we just got back together. Yeah. I the lived this
7: double life forever because of that. Yeah.
0: And, and you have, and when you already have the depression, anxiety, and then you add on addiction and then like, and then I didn't know what to do. And then I finally got mine under control where I can manage mine, manage, take what I was supposed to take. I mean, because I mean, we knew people that were selling them, getting top dollars for them, and like you know, we were, and then points were buying them and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then like um, it was, it was just, it just became normal. Yeah. It was just, like all you knew were people that took pain pills, and then if people knew that you had them. Yeah. You came here by his best friend.
7: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Because I play softball. I take play softball, and I would take one or whatever like, I'm supposed to. And someone's like, "Hey, you getting extra of those?" And you're like, "Yeah." no <laughs> no but it, it, it was bad so that that's where i'm at from 2008 to 2019 it has been a long road i've gained like yeah. 100 pounds from taking them my smoking increased so much because every yeah. time you take them because it feels like you are taking two shots of vodka i guess absolutely best you smoke say a lot more. yeah and you're like chain smoking yep. and then um
7: that's what actually when I um I told my family that and I said and my um, husband too I said that's a sign like you know that I've relapsed or whatever when I'm smoking a lot because that you know you do smoke a lot more
0: yeah and and that's one sign of it in like nobody knew my family like and and I I never I don't they never really I never really brought them into it because I never missed work yeah i never i never um missed the birthday i never missed this i never st- st- i never that's why i said it was functioning because yeah, I that's I,
7: absolutely functioning I, and because. i didn't
0: i didn't do all those dark things i didn't steal from people i didn't steal from yeah we actually did steal from someone's house once That's because we didn't like him <laughs> i don't I, I don't know if that sounds bad or not but he and so like <laughs> like they had someone had like 240 in their house or whatever it was one of our old bosses and me and my best friends at the time who went to rehab for um for abusing them and we just went over a few times we take a cup on I mean, this dude just take the whole bottle yeah and it was just you know uh, that's why i said and that's why i said before the show is like i have i still have demons because all it can take is really one bad day because i started taking yes. it for anxiety uh. And then I met Xanax, right? Yeah. You know, oh, holy cow! That is just yeah. So, and that's kind of where I I'm at now. And where where did your start? And then how are you doing?
7: Uh, I mean, where do I even start? Um, you know, I've been battling addiction on and off for the last ten years. Um, and I do want to say that addiction doesn't discriminate. You no. know, I came from. I came from, I had the best family, the best childhood, um, the best parents, uh, friends, everything, and uh, had nothing to do with that. So I do want to get that out there because a lot of people blame their family, or blame, and and a lot of times that is the case, like, um, but in my situation, that wasn't the case. And I've, you know, in and out of rehab the last 10 years, I've done a lot of therapy, a lot of i'm in you know the 12-step fellowship i've done a lot of soul searching and um trying i'm trying to get to the root of why i even started but um but you know i i think looking back i think that i it was peer pressure at first like in high school i you know kind of drank and smoked and stuff to fit in and then in college um I dabbled here and there but nothing thank god because I graduated you know and um that would have been a big regret if I if I, if my addiction would have started like early in life but but I did dabble here and there I smoked pot in college um daily and
0: first time we met Yeah, I mean first time we met we were in one of our friends cars and then this that's I don't know. Maybe that's why we got along. Is like we smoked pot. It was the first thing we did together. Smoked pot, and we just hung out, and then
7: that's what I did. Yeah,
0: and it was weird, is because I wasn't a big pot guy, just for the simple reason is I always kept getting sore throats. But (laughs) I was like, there's this pretty girl sitting next to me (laughs) who wants to get high. Oh, I'm a bad influence. Oh no, I was was just (laughs) as bad. But like, I mean, uh, but then again, but but in but. It, who, some of the people we we're around though isn't they're great people and, yeah. and i'd love to see them um but i just know is like when you come to a small town there's nothing else to do nothing
7: parking lot
0: yeah and then your are i mean i remember for my birthday i think it was my 18th birthday somebody bought me a six pack and gave me three joints right? that was my 18th birthday
7: yeah and i do blame it on that a little bit because there was nothing to do and i wasn't really in sports or anything, so um yeah
0: I was that honestly I was in sports and that's when I got introduced to all this really I remember the first house I'm not gonna say the person's house but I went to this person's house and then and and I'm sitting in a driveway and I'm just looking at this house and it's like a half million dollar home or whatever it was during the time and I walk in and there's whatever you wanted yeah and then it's like the athletes the popular kids they're like hey man you want a drink or hey you want to smoke a cigarette or yeah so and and I'm just like holy cow like in that peer pressure like you said was like i want to fit in and and then yeah. and then that's that's the scariest part is and that's where i think a lot of it starts because it does have nothing to do with your family you have a great family oh you, my God. And, you know you have a great family and then i mean your family was very well regarded i mean yeah. it was and i want to get that out of the way too is that's why i never went in your house um <laughs> that's so that's, that's just gonna be a running joke for everything now <laughs> so it wasn't just you andy it was also brooke's house <laughs> and then the other girl's house but but that's where it started for me was because i was like i want to fit in yeah and then this pretty girl wants to get high i'm gonna get high with her and show her i'm cool yeah and then both are just like well i want to be cool because these older guys are doing yeah it. yeah so we're all just morons totally yeah and, and we're
7: all yeah i know and i hate that because and and i think Um, somewhere down the line I do think it's hereditary too I Mm think there's nobody in my immediate family or cousins or or um, aunts uncles that are I mean and it's crazy but no one in my immediate family has addiction or alcoholism there I do have a great uncle that was an alcoholic and I do have a uncle that might be um but I I don't know. I mean, I would think that. So anyways, so I, I, I remember I was in, I, I had kidney stones when I was in um, high school. And I went, I actually had them in fifth grade, too. And then I had them in high school. And I um, in high school, they gave me morphine on an IV in the hospital. And I remember that feeling. Like, they say, like, kind of in the program and stuff, they say that click. And I just remember that warm feeling. And I loved it. And um, I will never forget that feeling, that first feeling. Um, and that kind of started the wanting to get out of my head a little bit. So, um, but I didn't act, on I mean, I was in high school, so I didn't act on it, I, you know, I drank and smoked and stuff, but I never like, you know, got into serious until way after that, but, um, but yeah, so I, I graduated college and and then i got a really good job um after college at a tv station and i worked there in louisville and um that's when i started taking i i had arthritis in my ankles that's what it started it and i um i a friend of ours that you probably know um got me some pain pills and um i took them and it was like i loved i you know i love the feeling and it helped with my arthritis too so i um Took them and then i just kept buying them and then i and i found a guy in louisville that i started buying them from and then um i mean my story is so long and there's so many ups and downs but basically he all of a sudden said oh i can't get uh vicodin they were like vicodin or hydrocodone i can't get these anymore all i can get is oxycontin and he, obviously now that i think about it he did that on purpose you know because they were way more expensive and way more addicting because
0: it's like there it isn't like a dollar a gram right it was
7: like a yeah a dollar a milligram so it was like 80 dollars per pill at, for an 80 milligram oxycontin yeah because yeah. I, yeah. I,
0: I, I took one of those and thank god i'm blessed because it made me sick and yeah. like, i, I and never-
7: most and that's what normal people normal people have that reaction they it, it makes them nauseous it makes them sick addicts like that it had the opposite you know like i loved it and it gave me energy
0: i didn't like the high that's why i didn't like yeah because i was like oh this is going to be this is like um i had a buddy had like five of them he was like hey man like you want these and he's like i'll give them to you for half price i was like cool So i gave him a couple of my buddies we took them and then i was just like like this is a weird high yeah like it was it was like it was real weird instead of being that i was used to that the uh viking in which was was Mm -hmm. like hey what's going on like you guys want to go you guys want to go run run around and uh because
7: because it was a lot stronger
0: yeah and i and i was just like because i didn't like anything to make me go yeah because I, I was working a lot of hours and that's what started it too for me it was like man i'm here 7 30 to 9 totally. week. totally and then like and, energy and people knew when i would take them like the other people that knew like i took them because i'd start going hey but so our early episodes i'm still on the stronger ones and i get real nervous so i would take one and then you could tell i was like hey yeah it sounded so it sounded so bad so um and then after that when you took those like did did you really enjoy those more
7: um yeah i uh yeah and it just took me i mean literally i I was addicted immediately to those and Mm. um and those those i was snorting so i started snorting those and then um and then um it just progressively got worse you know and i then i started calling into work when i didn't have you know i would get withdrawal i would get sick if i didn't have it if he wouldn't answer the phone or you know and um so finally i um i tried going to the methadone clinic that didn't work that's just in my opinion it works for some people in my opinion for me it was just substituting one thing for another um I finally, they liked, they, I was at the TV station for so long. I was there almost five years and they really liked me, you know, um, and they knew that I had a problem. Um, actually, um, one of the anchors called my parents and, um, and then my parents intervened and that's kind of what happened. But they terminated my position because they wanted me to go get help. So I so they terminated my position so I could draw unemployment, but so I went and got help and that was the first time i um tried to get clean and then i moved back to seymour and that was kind of the that was the um that was the doom for me because i met and then that's when i met um my now ex-boyfriend who actually is dead of an overdose now um but i met him and then that's when i got into heroin um and and then it just i mean obviously it just and and people people get into heroin from pain pills because it's cheaper and you can find it uh, it's it's easier to find so um yeah and then that's and then we got arrested um 2000 it was 2000 so 2009 i had a really bad car accident do you remember that
0: no actually i do not you know? because i didn't have facebook until 2016 or 17 okay. so i was yeah. disconnected from um a lot Uh, because i knew about like the arrest yeah because someone sent it to me because that's what we do when people are down yeah is we want to push them either further down
7: yeah and that was and that and i had facebook and that was really a dark time in my life because people were sharing the art i mean my mugshot was on the front page of the seymour tribune and that
0: yeah someone sent it to me
7: it was awful. And it was va- it was not off- awful. You know what? Me, I dug my own grave. I did it or whatever. Well, that's why I'm For glad For my that- family, it was awful.
0: Well, that's why I'm glad we never worked out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I had to make you laugh. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, she looks rough in this photo."
7: (laughs) Oh my god, the worst! I I know, dead.
0: Because that's why someone. I'm so
7: glad that you can't find that. I've I've searched for it.
0: Like like somebody sent me that because they knew like, hey, didn't you really like her? Yeah, look at her. Look at her now. now. I I was was like, man, I dodged a huge bullet. It was
7: awful, and I, yeah. So so it was. Actually, October of two thousand nine. So it'd been ten years. Last month, um, I got in a really bad car accident. I was on right there on um, Crane Hill, yeah. And I, um, I uh, was using, and I. Um, swerved over the center, center line and hit a semi that was carrying ten thousand gallons of gasoline and i happened by the grace of god happened to hit the rear axle of it i knocked the rear axle of it off and the semi driver kept it upright or else it would have blown up and i would have you know we would have both been dead but i was trapped trapped in my car they had to use the jaws of life to get me out and i broke every bone like on my left side i broke my arm my hip my femur my knee my lower leg everything so so that should have been my bottom, you know, and it wasn't I mean that was ten years ago so um but um so I was in you know columbus, I was at Methodist and I was in columbus and um for a long time, and then got out, um went to rehab got got back out, and um relapsed immediately and and then that's when I got arrested on those charges. I mean, it was all within a span of three months, yeah, wow, mm, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, and then it's crazy because he's, you know, gone now of an overdose. So that's kind of, that's
0: just, you know, weird. Yeah. Here, pull that, pull that in front of you.
7: Okay. I'm looking at you and talking.
0: <laughs> I know. That's weird after 20 years staring at somebody <laughs> who still has this Tom Selleck <laughs> Halloween mustache, I understand. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email is the BJ Robbins project at gmail.com. Facebook is BJ Robbins. Twitter is at the BJ Robbins. Instagram is BJ underscore Robbins. And Snapchat is the BJ Robbins. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to one of those platforms so we can make that happen. Thank you.